0: I'm Athena Silver, I'm Anya River, and we are the Rebel Crow. Athena is a professional psychic medium and tarot reader, among other things. Anya is a tarot reader and an astrologer, among other things. We are so excited to invite you to check out our weekly podcast, where we have fun talking about magic, tarot, mythology, astrology, and everything witchy. Find us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms at the Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Um, We put out a podcast episode weekly. Um, You can find more information at rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Tonight we're having another wonderful guest on, an author who has written seven books. Her name is Kate Johnson, and her latest book is Witch Wisdom for Magical Aging. Stay with us and we'll be right back. back. Welcome Kate. It's such a wonderful time to come on and have a wonderful guest talking about the seasons, talking about aging, talking about just being a magical person. Uh, Tonight we are going to have Kate Johnson on. She has written seven books. She's a a witch herself and also a performer. She's written um, Cooking Like a Goddess way back in the day. Um, She's also written Celebrating the Great Mother and her latest work. Witch Wisdom for Magical Aging, Finding Your Power Through the Changing Seasons. Thank you, Kate, for coming on. It has been such a wonderful read. I really enjoyed your book.
1: So glad. It's so much fun to be here with a kindred spirit and a kindred spirit audience. Yay. Yeah. So before we start off, I always like to ask this question.
0: How do you define yourself within the craft? What would you say your particular path
1: is? Oh, it's eclectic. But I guess if anything, I'm sort of a root witch, hedge witch. I'm not fancy. You know, I don't wear long robes or have pentacles dangling from every orifice. I don't do my milady. I don't do scripted ritual. I'm really about kitchen magic, everyday magic. And when I have been in circle, it's mostly about ecstatic experience, drumming and dancing until we get out of ourselves.
0: I can definitely tell reading your book that you and I practice very similar things. I am a kitchen witch myself. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, It's been lovely going through your book. One thing that really stood out to me was how you have a personality for each one of the four sections of the book that correspond with the seasons. Can you talk a little bit about how that those four personalities came about?
1: That was so much fun. I don't believe in channeling per se, not really, but Mm -hmm. I swear to goodness, these crones just sort of came through me and each one felt very different. Their energies felt very different. And when I was writing their section, I felt like the voice changed a little bit. So I had great fun getting to know these old gals. And I just want to do them proud in the book. Absolutely. There was the root witch for winter. There was the wing witch for spring, the myrrh witch for
0: summer, and the kitchen witch for fall. And all of them brought such eclectic views to aging and the process of kind of becoming like your best self. That's the real message that I feel like I got from your book was not only For you know, it's a good book for people who are retiring and kind of coming into themselves. But I think it's also a great book for younger women as well, because it shows us not to take our 30s and 40s and 50s so seriously.
1: Well, it's so much about permission. That was really, I wrote this book to give permission to women to do the things they need to do for their own soul's health, because our culture is not healthy for women. I'm sure you know that, especially now. Things are bad. And just wait till you hit a certain age. Oh man, you think it's bad for younger women. It gets even worse for older ones. You know, we're just, we're relegated to the dust heap or made fun of, or all we are is like a source of income for all the companies mm-hmm. that want us to try to look young. Like that's supposed to be the, the, the mecca of being a woman to be a young, pretty, you know, little sex object. Bah, no. So yeah, it's permission to be wholly yourself. And to feel the liberation that can come with age. Because, yes, there are difficulties that come with age. Believe me, I know, you know, yeah. aches, pains, things you didn't even know, you know, were going to bother you later on. And they do. And your hair falls out and black. But it's also liberating because you don't care so much what other people think of you. And yeah. you, when you're young, you know, you, you don't really think that that's going to ever happen because you're so outwardly focused. But it's well, never too soon to prepare. You're you're
0: completely right about that. Through reading your book, I've been kind of doing this deep dive in my own life and realizing kind of where I'm getting hung up, you know, trying to be perfect for my children and my family, trying to have it all, you know. And to to read your book, it was like a declaration of taking your power back and the how-to steps on how to do
1: it. (laughs) Yes. And those how-to's are good for women, no matter what age you are. You know, absolutely. They're little exercises, quizzes, even visualizations. You don't have to be an older woman to, to benefit from them. That's my hope anyway.
0: Speaking of um, the the quizzes, I want to talk about the results that I got for one of mine. Oh, um, dude. <laughs> so you had this wonderful um, exercise about your soul outfit when, when it came to dressing how you want to feel and what you want to project and, and what you're trying to say with your outfit. And when I, when I did the exercise myself, I was like, "Hmm, where, where am I? Where, what is my fashion? And it, it struck me. It was the Mugler runway show with, um, evangelista, Lisa evangelista with the the lace and the leather from the nineties. I'm like, that's my soul outfit right there.
1: That's (laughs) so fun. Well, I urge you to replicate it in any way that you can.
0: I (laughs) do. I wear my leather and my black lace all together. And and anytime I don that outfit, I feel like I could take over the world.
1: Yeah. That's the whole point of dressing is to feel empowered with it. You know, most of us grew up with do's and don'ts about fashion, or some of us were even slaves to fashion. But fashion changes so rapidly, and it's such a money-making thing. Why not go for the things that make you feel, like you said, like you could take on the world? That's what I believe in. Where are the things that make you feel strong and beautiful in yourself? And there's a lot of unrules that you put
0: in there as well, Um, rules about how to undo some of the programs that's been set up, you know, on a societal level and, you know, even just how us feminine presented people and women, how we see ourselves within, you know, society, it's nice to have that, those words written where it says, if you want to wear white, you know,
1: after Labor Day, go for it.
0: You know, right. if you want to wear all white, why not? <laughs>
1: what you want? Right. And who's going to be sitting there with a rule book saying, I'm sorry, that's not good. Now, if you can't do that, no, you hit a certain age and you just don't care anymore. You want to feel good in yourself. So my next question for you is, who did you
0: write this book for? Who was that that person that you were looking at that you were thinking, you know, let me give this beautiful gift to them with these wonderful freeing words?
1: Well, it's funny. I'm so lucky. I have several circles of really good friends. And I wrote it for them, for us. Because as I said in the introduction, you know, there'd be times when different circles of us would be sitting around together and sort of laughing at the fact that, you know, our arms are getting saggy and we're getting jowls, you know, all that stuff, the bags under there, whatever. And laughing. And it suddenly occurred to me, you know, we really need a guidebook because we're all going to get older. We know how this ends. So, but we don't have a guidebook in this culture. And so I thought, well, how fun would it be Just like my cookbook was about restoring a sense of the sacred to cooking and eating, this is about restoring a sense of the sacred to being an elder. And goddess knows we need it in this culture.
0: Absolutely. And I love how it's not just spoken to one particular type of woman. It's really spoken to all of us. And these rules really hit on a level that is universal, which is really nice, which is, again, why I say I think younger women should really read this, especially women who have insecurities and self-identity issues, because your words just know. give us that permission to just, you know, get step out of that, you know, and really take stock in what's important and really what's silly.
1: Right. Well, the whole point is that we're trained and raised from infancy up to be insecure and to focus on how we look and be why, because it's a multi-billion dollar industry you know, weight loss, Botox, plastic surgery, hair dye, you name it, you know, all these ways for somebody to make money off of our insecurities. If we decide to stand in our truth, it's like, yeah, I have gray hair. So what? I call them moon hairs. They're silver, like the moon, like your last name. I got them from, (laughs) you know, staying up late, worrying about my family or about the planet or whatever. You know, what if we decided that old women were beautiful, Not in a conventional way, but in a very real way. So instead of seeing wrinkles as ugly, what if we saw them as beautiful life maps, you know? So yeah, we're all insecure and it's all a money-making proposition until we say, yeah, you know what? I refute that. Absolutely.
0: And they give us as younger women the the pink tax. Just because it's pink, we have to pay more. You know, it's insane,
1: you know? it's insane. You're
0: right. And that's why we're getting all these younger women with, you know, liberation movements happening again. You know, we get the ones that we're on, what, like the third or fourth iteration of the feministic movements. And it's wonderful to see women say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to shave my legs. I don't want to pluck my
1: my eyebrows. I just want (laughs) to just live. (laughs) I don't want to be a good little sex object. You know, and there's (laughs) nothing more terrifying to the prevailing culture than an old woman that says, well, you know, mm, y'all, exactly. Right. Right. And there's so much power there. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we refuse to be relegated, when we stand up and say, listen, I have a lot of wisdom, you know, a lot of learned wisdom just from being alive past the age of 50, you know, I want to share it and I'm not going to be quiet about it anymore because I don't have to be. And so, yeah, it's really about freeing yourself to do what's in you to do for yourself, for your loved ones, for the world, whatever, even if that's just to be in a place of gratitude and enjoyment.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I I feel like this book kind of lets me look at my grandmother and my great grandmother differently. You know, um, they both reached pretty advanced age. My great grandmother made it to 99 um, and just. She was unapologetically herself, like she was this book incarnate, you know. Would you tell us a story about um, when you decided to start intentionally aging magically? Let us into your
1: world. You know, I think I've always aged intentionally. It's funny. I had a very glamorous mother who lived to be 94, but she would never tell anyone her age. And I decided early on that I was not going to do it that way. In fact, one of my favorite stories about her, people were, she looked very young for her age. People were always coming up to her and saying, oh, Pat, how old are you? And she'd say, (laughs) can you keep a secret? And they'd say, yes. And she'd say, so can I. (laughs) All my life, I've wanted to be the age I am. And I want to tell people, this is what it looks like to be, you know, whatever. Now I just turned 70. This is what 70 looks like. So what? Right? So hey girl, you look great. Well, thank you. I feel pretty good. <laughs> I feel pretty feisty. In it's, the vi- it's the vibrancy. I
0: think that people, they don't always see it for what it is. Like, a vibrant older woman has so much power, has so much sway with, you know, her ideas and how she carries herself and, and just how she kind of rules over her kingdom. You know,
1: well, that's it. And you said something earlier that I love. You said that her house was like a love letter to herself. That's really what's part of the spring section of the book is about is how to make your house like a love letter to yourself and your spirit. Yeah to make it reflect who you truly, deeply are. Great quotes in this book from older women talking yes. about that very thing. One of them said, you know, my face is really, you know, it shows everywhere that, that I've been, everything I've experienced. Why would I want to erase that? You know, I loved I, it. I, all the quotes that I found really resonated with me. And I think they will with any woman that reads them.
0: Yeah, you had some good Margaret Atwood
1: ones. You had some oh, glorious yeah. dynamite
0: in there. Oh, Yeah.
1: <laughs> All of oh, I'm loving baseball. it! All right.
0: <laughs> uh. So, what was your favorite remedy for the book? From the book, what what was the one that really you you feel like you have to pass
1: on? Oh gosh, there's so many, but I and I Thanks. love this whole season. Yes, it's so magical. It is the witch season, and it's fabulous. Anyway, so one of my simplest, most you know, easy to do. Get yourself a can of organic pumpkin puree. Or if you're really cool and crunchy, you know, bake a pumpkin, that's (laughs) fine too. Scoop out the seeds, mash it up and put it on your face. It's especially warm. It is such a lovely mask and it's very nourishing to your skin. Leave it on, you know, 15 minutes, half an hour, and then rinse it off. And you'll be amazed at what it's doing for your skin to nourish it. Again, most of the recipes in here, well, all of the recipes, they're not about trying to look younger. They're about nourishing yourself as deeply and fully as you can. So you feel the healthiest, the most vibrant that you can. You said something earlier that I really liked about energy, vibrancy. There's a little story in the, I think it's in the intro. A friend of mine said, you know, I went to a wedding and I saw this 90 year old woman dancing and I swear she was the most beautiful woman there because it was all about her life force and her mm-hmm. energy. And she was just glowing with it. That's what gives us real depth and deep beauty is uh, oneness with our spirits. And they're all about life force. So
0: You could also always tell who's chasing that vitality and who is just living in it, you know, and who's not afraid to just, even if it's not perfectly um, proportioned, to still hold on to it in, some, in the way that they can.
1: Right. And also I think it's important for older women, particularly to learn how to say no and to rest because you're not, if you're constantly trying to give out your vitality, you're going to get depleted. So Absolutely. that's another thing that the book really talks about is the necessity for deep rest and giving yourself permission not to do and produce and do and produce. Cause for most of us, that's what we do, right? Yeah. Especially younger. Oh my God. You feel like you have to save the world and you're just going to go until you drop. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I hear Um, Uh you.
0: Also, the the chapter about legacy really spoke to me where I'm at right now about what we leave behind and and what ideas and words outlast us. Like just a lot of the profound thinking in this book, like you have to be ready for it because it's going to change your life, whether you want it to or not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice thought, actually. Legacy is huge. This season particularly is about going to seed. Which is kind of funny you know when you think well we're all kind of going to seed but that's not what i'm talking about seeds are what we leave behind that will grow the next crop that will nourish the next generation and so sure i mean this book is part of my legacy and that was why i wrote it and who knows what i'll do next so i don't know i'm sure it'll be good i'm sure it'll be nice and interesting and thought-provoking just like this book (laughs) i hope so i'm thinking now actually i've written a bunch of fairy tales featuring old women because if you know much about like traditional fairy tales most of the old women in there are scary but of course they would be because they don't care about the prevailing culture and they can be very stern so I thought well why not write a series of fairy tales for the modern reading audience you know that feature feisty crones so that's what I'm doing now.
0: I can't wait to read it. And when you when you have it out, please come back on the podcast. I would love to talk to you about it.
1: I'd love to. We'll see if I can find a publisher.
0: But you're right. A lot of those stories are written about like Baba Yaga and about, you know, okay. the witch who's going to eat the kids, and you know. And yeah, I guess you're right. We're kind of programmed to be scared of our mortality and scared of our
1: aging. We have to come to terms with death. This culture's not good with death. Although hospice, I think, has done an awful lot towards changing that. I took care of my dad for the last three and a half years of his life. He lived here with me and he died at 99 and I was right there with him. It was huge. I'm telling you. Um, But yes, hospice is great because it's making death just a part of life instead of being something really scary that happens as far away as possible. So I'm yeah. grateful. I'm grateful to hospice and I'm grateful to the shift. I think that's happening in our culture around dying. Absolutely. The fact that people aren't going and mindfully planning their, their own
0: services for end of life celebrations and not waiting until they pass to have their friends around them to talk about it. I really enjoyed that part of your book as well. Yeah. Um, Why wait,
1: right? Why not have people well, say great things about you while you're still alive? Right? <laughs>
0: You know, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm also a medium myself. So i kind of see the spiritual side of what happens after they transition. And a lot of them bring up so-and-so said this at my funeral. So-and-so loved me this much that they showed up. And those are the ones that, you know, those spirits come in with such gratitude and just a calmness to them that their life has been completed because they felt like, fully venerated fully honored through the act of their funeral services and it's nice to have a hand in it so you can really make the decisions that are right for you
1: sure most people don't want to talk about it is the problem so yeah it's like we have to i believe okay here's my thing i believe that we are on the cusp of a huge revolution and it embraces death it embraces aging it empowers especially aging women elders instead of the elderly. And Mm -hmm. I believe that we can all be part of that revolution and we can start now, like you, you're young, you know, but it's never too early to start. So I see myself as a crone in training. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. I was a crone in training for a long time. I get it. Yeah. There are worse things to be. It's really kind of funny. When I, when I
0: was going through and, um, back to what we were talking about with the funeral services, I actually took a moment and rewritten my plans. You know, it made me stop and think because I have some really unusual requests and I really need to have them written down so that people don't forget.
1: (laughs) I think that's great. And you know, it does give you a different perspective on living when you have prepared for your death that way. It makes you, I think, more mindful and more appreciative of the time that we have left, right?
0: Yeah, I feel like I live more to the fullest, like I look at life differently. And especially the mundane things like cooking dinner for my family. You know, I I, sometimes I have a big garden. So I'll grow a lot of the herbs that I use in my food and in my remedies. And when I when my, when my sons tell me, Oh, mom, this came out really good. I just I feel it deep down. And I can say, this is a recipe that's going to stay in this family and nourish other people to come.
1: Write them down, seriously. Write down your own little cookbook recipes; would be wonderful. By the way, what is your favorite remedy that you make? My
0: favorite remedy. Ah, uh, huh. that's a good that's a question. Uh, it is basically anything with rosemary, because I make everything with rosemary. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like to make uh, tinctures and stuff, especially in the fall with the harvest, and you know I grow a lot, so I have to figure out ways to preserve
1: it. Yeah, I tell you, right, you're against the clock running, running, trying not to waste. Mad ash. Yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I,
0: anything with rosemary really does it for me, especially when it comes to like cooking, just cooking with it. And you as a kitchen, wish, I'm sure you, you have your special herbs and your, you know, concoctions.
1: Thyme, thyme is my favorite. Ah, oh, I love thyme. I put it on everything. And cayenne. Yep. yep. Great stuff.
0: Well, I did have to say, um, I will be trying your roasted vegetables from your autumn feast. Um, I'm going to be giving that one a try. I was like salivating as I was reading it.
1: I'm like, good sign. I would cook potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Roasting is so much fun because, you know, after you prep the vegetables, which can take a little time, but then you just put them in the oven and forget about them for a while. You can go take a nap. Right. So. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I make a lot of like uh, whole chickens and stuff like that. So I stuff them in, set them on to time, and I go about my business. Isn't it great.
1: <laughs> if you have, a, I don't use a crock pot that much, but it's extremely handy for some things, right? Slow cooking is terrific. I love slow cooking. Oh, that's
0: a staple for autumn. You know, you gotta come like September. I'm dusting it off the slow cooker, getting the recipe book out.
1: <laughs> oh, I love soup. Ugh, I don't know uh, summer's I mean summer's great and I've learned to appreciate it. but anything that's too hot to make hot soup, I'm not as much a fan of. I love it when the weather gets cold.
0: Same. I look great in jackets, so jacket weather all the way
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh boy, I agree.
0: in in this book, you touch on many different as- aspects of um, aging and the effects of aging. When it comes to our personal lives, can you talk a little bit about a little bit more about personal identity and how it features in this particular stage
1: in your life? Well, I mean, I think we our job is to become more fully who we are. In fact, one of my favorite quotes is from Dolly Parton, of all people, and she says, find out who you are and then do it on purpose, which I think says it all. So to be an integrated person, to be authentic is the job, I think, of the old woman. I forget who said, you know, as an old woman, I I have an opportunity to become who I always should have been or who I really want to be. So it's about uncovering, peeling away the layers to uncover the um, integral part of the self. So great, beautiful. you know, fewer influences from outside trying to mold you and pound you. Right into a certain shape, you just say, No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to really listen to my inner self and become who I really want to be. It's really wonderfully freeing. Oh, I bet. (laughs) I can't wait till I can do it all the time. Right. (laughs) You you don't have to wait. Start now. I think I will.
0: (laughs) So, that being said, it's deep. What was the overall message that you're trying to, you know, bring to the listeners today with this book? Is there any particular, you know, last declaration, last message you want to want to give to us?
1: Yes, our culture is cruel and wrong. So see the beauty in older women. See the beauty in the wrinkles and the sag. See the wisdom. See the value. And free yourself to become that which really sings to your soul. Oh,
0: beautiful words. I love it. So tell my followers how to keep in touch with you and, and how to find you after this interview.
1: Right. Well, they can email me. And let me give you my email address. You can, they can also contact me through my website, which is just KateJohnson.com. You know, C-A-I-T, Johnson, all one word.com. Or they can email me. It's uh, C-A-I-T, and then the initial P, like Petunia johnson j-o-h-n-s-o-n all one word at gmail
0: thank you so much kate for coming on it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and to read your book again everyone it's witch wisdom for magical aging finding your power through the changing seasons by kate johnson um i'm athena silver your host i'm a professional psychic medium and a witch Um, You can find me on my website, greetingswithathenasilver.com. My Instagram is at athena.silver, and my TikTok is at athena underscore silver. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure that you check back by weekly at rebelpropsychicshow.com for free episodes. And we're also available on YouTube. Have a great day, everyone. And thank you again, Kate, for joining us.